0: All right, welcome to episode number 10 of the Bread and Wine Podcast, Traditions That Hinder, a conversation about the lenses through which we view our faith and how bad traditions can hinder our walk with God. There it is. Oh, yeah? Hey, Seth is the one that kind of felt led that this was what we need to talk about this time, and it's pretty exciting, huh?
1: Yeah, I know that's a mouthful, but really, we're just wanting to deconstruct uh, maybe some paradigms or ways of pursuing God that could be holding you back yeah. from experiencing the fullness of him.
0: Yeah. And what we don't want to do is become uh, bitter Betties. Like that was one concern that we had. Right. As like I get tired often of hearing people just bash the church, bash the church, tear down this, tear down that. And so as we deconstruct, we hope to construct, you know, something that's useful and helpful for us. But, you know, behind all this is, you know, we're talking about with this podcast, we're saying, what does it look like to engage the world like Jesus? And for us, in order to do that, I think that oftentimes in the church, we do have some things that need to be tore down. And you can see that by Jesus's life. You can see that by the way that some of the scribes and some of the Pharisees and people would react. And we're going to talk about that today right. with him, people who had been in, you know, their Jewish religious you know culture, um church uh, we could say church culture um, for a number of years and how many of those people who should have been the folks who welcomed Messiah, recognized Messiah, you know the ones that you would expect were the ones who were actually missing him, right mm-hmm. they were missing the work that God was doing among them because of that and we in humility don't want to do that, yeah, we don't want to be those people that like miss what God is doing among us because we have, these different traditions and things. And the last thing I'll say before I pass it over to Seth again, is we are not saying that all tradition is bad. And I hate that, right? Like there's this people are like, religion is bad. Tradition is bad. Hold up a second. No, like good religion. Like it it, is good. Like good traditions are, can be very, very good. I mean, God had Israel and uh, has Israel on a calendar, uh, a season traditions of um, Purim or traditions of you know, whatever it may be, Rosh Hashanah and different things like that. Like there are these moments that you go through every year and that you, you know, uh, times of repentance and all these different things, which are so beautiful. Um. So, but bad traditions hinder. Right. And that's the point.
1: Yeah. And and I think even beyond that too is uh, traditions aren't always bad, but what we do sometimes is we put the tradition over the principle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we instead of, you know, actually, you know, following Jesus and, and doing what he says to do. We follow the tradition and what the tradition says to do. Yeah. And when we start doing that, you know, that's when we need to say, hold up a second. What are we really doing here? Mm-hmm. And and so we just want to, you know, bring up some of those today. And, and oftentimes, like, it's not your fault. It's It's just kind of the culture that you've grown up in. Mm-hmm. And it was just the way they expressed it. And you didn't have any other, you know, idea of expression or you didn't see any other idea of expression. Um, And so this tradition is something that you've just operated in. um, And so we just want to bring to light maybe some stuff today that you haven't thought of before so that uh, you can really be sure that you're getting to the principle um, and
0: not just the way or form of expression of that. That's right. And most of the traditions, I think, that we will be talking about are man-made traditions, right? Yeah. So we're not talking about God-ordained things like specific days and calendar, you know, stuff like that. We're talking about things that we have, we've built. And I think our buddy Justin does a really good job of looking at, he paints this picture and illustration of a house and talks about the foundation being Christ. And even we see the foundation on, of the law and the apostles, you know, and as the, and if we start there in that place, we have to recognize that everything is built on our obedience and relationship with God. And then if you continue to build the house, you know, at the top, he had done an illustration where the top are the traditions where yes, it can be good. But what happens is, is in the church, we often build the house upside down. We start with traditions. So we start in the church with what style of music we need to have, what type of preaching we need to have, what type of you know kids ministry or ministries that we need to have heck do we even have to have a kids ministry many churches would say you can't build a church without a kids ministry but the point being what we focus so heavily on the traditions that we never actually get to obedience to Jesus that's it and that's in that we're trying to say no let's build the house the right way let's not bash traditions let's focus on obedience to Jesus and engaging the world like he's engaged them and then we look and see if the traditions line up with yeah what the foundation is um, what the apostles taught us what Jesus's commands were and then we then we go from there instead of building the house upside down yeah so so let's just take worship as an example here um, just
1: to get really practical with things uh, I think oftentimes uh, we get into a mindset in our own church community or culture that, this is the correct way to worship. And Mm. we've got to have this type of contemporary music, or maybe it's no music, or maybe it's, you know, maybe you're in Africa and it's drums. And we tend to section off ourselves from everybody else and say, everybody else is wrong for worshiping that way, Mm -hmm. or they're not as good. And and I think, I think what, what we want to get to here is that there are multiple forms of expression of tradition uh, of worship, of preaching of everything in the kingdom of God, and that we can celebrate the differences and also encounter God in those things because God is in those as well, Sure, even if it's not the way we particularly want to express yeah. that type of thing. And
0: when Seth's talking about worship, he means singing to the Lord and that type of worship to God. right? And I'm, so I've been in, you know, church culture for such a long time. I around singing and the worship that style that the style of that is one of the most divisive things I've been a part of Mm -hmm. in any church that I've been a part of. Like, I think there's almost been more, I was sharing this with our buddy Matt yesterday um, that there is almost more complaints, more divisiveness, whatever on that. And what breaks my heart is that in the midst of it, like there are people like we are not able to worship God in spirit and in truth sometimes because we don't like, well, their songs are, played with the, you know rock and roll and I don't like that or it's too gospel for me or it's too old I don't like the old hymns I want the new stuff and it and it's just like are we missing singing praise to our creator bowing down and giving him the glory that he does he deserves because I just don't really like that style right which I know that you have this in your notes which causes us to become instead of Followers of Jesus who want to obey and to engage this culture and this world um, being givers through which the God flows into and out of, it creates us to be consumers Yeah, to where we won't go to the church that doesn't play the music that I like. And you are right. I'm telling you, I know people that if you don't have this... Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Like if you don't have this, like, you know, Hillsong style, Bethel style, free worship of you sing the chorus, you know, 10 times, like there's this battle, like with those people, they don't think that you're a spirit led. Right. And then the other people, there's other people on the other side of that, that like, I can't believe you. Why do you want to sing the same phrases over and over and over again? And it's just as, just as hard hearted, I think as the opposite. And it's just like, I think we're missing God in the midst of that. And there's also the reality that maybe your form of worship isn't
1: expressed through song every time. Yeah. You know, I've got a group we meet on Friday nights and, uh, sometimes we don't even break out a guitar we don't even break out a song we just sit there and and we sit in the presence of the Lord and we just declare what we're thankful for that day mm-hmm. and we don't even have worship you know at other parts across the world you know there's there's so many different forms of expression and, and ways of doing that um, and it's a beautiful thing if we can learn to reconcile with ourselves that these forms of expression that they may not be what we're comfortable with yet but to start to press in to those Mm -hmm. instead of putting up uh, really quick, you know, blinders
0: and saying, no way, that's not right. That's right. And I think Seth uses the worship music style as an example of many, many things. And so one of the things that we want, I think, practically for the listeners and ourselves to do today is to ask ourselves, do we have things that are traditions that are hindering our relationship with God and our growth in him? In our obedience to what he's doing. Yeah. So, I, I, we want you to ask yourself is the way I do church like? So, here's the thing like, Seth and I have a, a lot of different models and, I, and ideas, and we've been taught a lot on how to reach people. And we're teaching people how to reach people here. And I have found in the past that I've become so hung up on a way to reach people that if someone does it another way, I'm hard hearted towards it. Mm -hmm. And instead of rejoicing in the life that's being changed and transformed, I'm waiting to see it not work right because my way is better and Mm -hmm. my way is right. And I don't think that that's the heart of God. Or you may say not rejoice. Maybe you have a problem with mega churches or whatever, and they bring people to the Lord and you just sit back going, well, I guess that they're probably not really going to be following the Lord. That's just surface level. You know what I mean? In this like bitter, Pharisaical, you know, yeah. whatever scribe like this, this, this bitterness. Instead of rejoicing that lives are changing and seeing how you can participate in what God's doing, we become embittered because it's not our way. Yeah, and and that's
1: true. That that happens, and it can creep up on us like we don't even know that it's happening. Yeah, it and, it always does until to it's me, pretty much. in our face, and we're we're just bitter about it. Yeah. Um. But one of the things I did want to bring up that that I have. Uh, kind of broken out of and and you mentioned it a second ago was this uh, kind of cultural idea of i come i come to church to consume and to be fed mm-hmm. now now there there are some traditions that i think that uh, you know we can celebrate traditions but there are also some bad beliefs and ways of operation that we do need to be like no we need to stop mm-hmm. there um and and this is one of them that that i come to church just to consume everything and to be fed and to feed off of whatever they can give me. And it's kind of representation of our culture mm-hmm. where we are consumers and we consume everything. We're marketed out all the time. But take, 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 consume. Exactly. But if we, if we go and look at First Corinthians 14, Paul says something different about when we come together. He says, when you come together, each one of you has a song, a hymn, a teaching, mm-hmm. something to give to the body and so here's a tradition that I definitely want to just say like I came out of and it's been amazing is coming into a community of faith coming into a group of believers looking to give yeah looking to give and and I can only do that if I've been feeding myself mm-hmm. in the word and in scripture and prayer throughout the week but oftentimes we come to church empty because we have not spent time with God mm-hmm. and we're relying on the preacher or pastor to feed us like we're starving children. Help yep. me, help me, help me, feed me. And then we go the rest of the week without it. Um, and so I think that's something I want to talk about a little bit today too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something God graced me with, uh, uh, early on. I remember being 18, 17, 18 years old and being at a church that I've been at most of my life. And there was another church that my youth pastor, former youth pastor had started. And I remember going and it was meeting in a school and I'll be real. Like the worship was, was mediocre compared to what I was used to because it was like two guitars, two acoustic guitars. And I'm used to like drums and trumpets. Like, I mean, they went all out. So I grew up with all, you know, based <laughs> like, I mean, we're, it's, we're going. And I remember like just being there and there's, you know, 15 people in the audience and our, my, my, I think the God just spoke to me and land. I can tell you many failures that I've had. Okay. But here's one thing. I just, I just felt like the other church doesn't need me. The other church has plenty of bass players. They have plenty of drummers. They mm. have plenty of these other things. Yeah. And I bless them. This, these people need me. And, and, and you know what I mean? Right. I, I can be used here. And I think if we could get that type of culture, you know, like as we're praying about what communities to be a part of, we're asking the question, Holy spirit, what can I bring to this part, to this group, which then can change our whole way. We look at life. Like, yeah. what can I bring to this conversation? What can I bring to our ma- my marriage? What can I bring? What can I give like that type of lifestyle is what G the way Jesus lived instead of, you know, and it's easy. That's why I, t- we titled it like the lenses through which we view things. I think oftentimes as that we don't recognize that we're looking at things through that way. But instead of that, what can I get, you know, do they have a children's ministry that's really good for my kids? If they don't, have you thought was well, God calling you and your wife to help with that? Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. instead of just complaining about it, um, like, wow, th- there could be other families that could use you as being a great children's minister, or help helping in that, you know, versus, well, that doesn't check my box. So I'm going to go to this other church that has everything that I need. Mm-hmm. And then I, I wouldn't, I would love for you Fairly briefly to share the the story of your your grandmother and her talking about Mm. DBS and this exact thing. Yeah. So my
1: grandma Discovery Bible Study. She's
0: using acronyms that you don't know what they mean.
1: She's uh, she's one of my spiritual mothers. Like she's just. She's been kind of the spiritual mentor of my whole, you know, life's journey. Yeah. Um. And so she's, you know, in her seventies now, and uh, we, you know, kind of taught her a little bit on on how to uh, start what's called a discovery Bible study in her home, which is basically just. Opening up the scriptures um, and asking simple questions after you read a story, and Mm -hmm. and really getting the participation and engagement of everybody in that group. Um, You know, this is a woman who has been, uh, you know, a very strong believer, church goer, her entire life. So you're talking decades of church going, and. When she started doing this Bible study in her home and seeing the participation of everyone, seeing the revelations that everyone was getting from the Scriptures, God was speaking to everybody, and everybody was sharing and had something to give and bring. She she, she just told me, like, she started weeping one day because she recognized that she had been missing something mm. um, from just, you know, just kind of going to church and consuming And then, you know, going home and, and there wasn't that deep level of, man, the body is involved here. Mm. And, and so even this group, I mean, we're talking ladies, like this whole group is made of ladies that have been in church for decades and decades and decades, and they are experiencing something that they have never experienced before. And they're taking it outside the houses. Yeah. They're taking it to their neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because they're they're all participating, they're all receiving revelation, they're all coming together to see what God is saying, and it's open to everybody, not just one person's revelation.
0: Can you say the phrase that she said about, you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember, you'll have to say it. Well, she had, in the midst, uh, I believe, of this um, time of weeping and thinking about church culture and the great things that, that the Lord was doing. And she said um, something along the lines of we've become gluttons mm. of the word while the rest of the world is starving. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's really deep. That's I almost like want to cry. Like yeah. as I hear that, because I think it's so true that there's so many of us and, I, and, and, and that are sitting down and just feasting on the word and eating and eating and we're never giving it away. Yeah we're not giving it away. We're not going out into the world. We're not, you know, maybe we've made the false idea that when no one wants it, that's bull. Yeah. That's bull. Yeah. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, people that you're going to have to go through that aren't going to be interested. There is right. But there are people that are starving and they need to hear the word of God. Yeah. And we are so focused on ourselves and and consuming things often that we're missing. But Jesus who loved the world, you know, he gave like, this is what he was. He's a giver.
1: Hmm. Yeah, she said, I, I remember exactly what she said now. She said day after day, week after week, she comes in to Sunday school or whatever it is, and they, they gorge on the word, but there's a world out there starving mm-hmm. to know these words. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think, again, that speaks to like the consumerism mindset of Americans is more, 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 like Pac-Man, like, let me yeah. get more, more, <laughs> more, 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 let me listen to the sermon, let me like, man. There's a world out
0: there that's hungry and starving for it. That's right. Yeah. And when you start to recognize that, the traditions mm-hmm. that we that we hold so tight to start to maybe be held less tightly, a little bit more loosely. When you begin to engage the world and you begin to come into real life situations, real hard and difficult situations, you begin to go, mm, is this really the way we have to do things, you know, um, do I really need to have drums, bass and a keyboard when I'm in somebody's house and we're studying the word and they're inviting Mm -hmm. their neighbors over? Is this, you know, do I, you know, will it, do we have to have a a kids ministry? The children are participating in what we're doing right now. You know, like, you know, not that the things are bad that we're doing it, but we begin to like look culturally at things differently and getting to the root of what has Jesus called us to do? What has he told us to do? And are we walking in that? And the other stuff just starts to kind of fade. It will happen to you. Yeah. If you start really going out to engage lost people and engage this world like Jesus did, you're going to go, mm, that doesn't work in this situation. And people are going to try to control you too. Yeah.
1: I've seen it. I've seen churches that they try to control what's happening and say, and and they'll invalidate what you're doing if you don't have X, Y, Z. And it's like a, it's like a covering thing where you have to have our permission to even do this. Um, And, and it's, I think part of that is because it's all part of the machine that is being run. Mm. It's, it's like they mechanize. Oftentimes we mechanize everything where everything is a, a sign-up sheet. Every, even our spiritual encounters are sign-up sheets. Um, and there's nothing, oftentimes it just takes the authenticity out of it because it's, it's this mechanical thing that we sign up for and show up at a certain time for it's instead of this organic life friendship thing that's happening naturally.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that sign-up sheets can't be useful. Right. And that's the whole point of what we're trying to say. Exactly. Is that we're trying to say we need to stop making laws and rules um, when they're helpful, that there's good reasons to do things. And if that does lead to deeper life in Christ with each other, great. But when it's just, you know, it's not leading to much besides maybe event-based servanthood or event-based, you know, whatever it may be, Bible study, then are we really changing? It? Are we really becoming like Christ and engaging the world like Christ? Yeah, yeah. I I want to bring up one thing that was really uh, on my heart as we talked about all this was John chapter five. And in John chapter five, it's during a festival, so there is all kinds of things going on. Like, can you imagine? This is probably a pilgrimage festival. All your friends, all your family, everyone's coming to Jerusalem to party, to celebrate, to reflect on God, and to be present with God. And all of a sudden, you know, in the midst of all that, we see Jesus hanging out at the pool of Bethesda with lame and blind and these types of people, which that that shows me something about God. Like, I don't want to go down a, a rabbit hole or a bunny trail, but it's, it's amazing to think about God. I'm sure he did celebrate with people and, and drank some wine and, and enjoyed their presence. But still, in the midst of all this, he was present with what God wanted to do. And God had a work there. So he wasn't hung up in all this I got to do it this way. I've got to do these things this way. I've got to I've got to prepare, you know, my my table and we've got to have it just this way cuz right. it's the way we've always done it. You know, our family has done it this way, you know. Um, and I'm not excluding the actual commands of God for these festivals, right. but the things that we have, you know, traditionally done our ways. Yeah. And and instead he's down there with this guy and this guy's an invalid for 38 years and what happens? God, Father wants to heal him. Yeah. He wants to bring life and he heals him and he brings life and what immediately happens is the Pharisees start going you did that on Sabbath. Yeah. Like and there's no law that says that you can't heal on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. God's law. Yeah. It was a man-made rule. That's right. And here's the thing though, the people I, this is what God was showing me though, those people, the Pharisees, they were trying to be obedient to God. Yeah. It's it's not like ooh, like we we picture them as Jesus good Pharisees bad. It's not that these are men who are trying to follow God and and they're trying to go No, 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 we must obey Sabbath. Yeah, and this guy right here He's messing up what God called us to do and that was obey Sabbath But what they did was they took it too far Yeah, and they took the tradition so far that they instead of celebrating what God was doing among them They were found to be going against yeah what God was doing right and I don't want to be found going against what God's doing, yeah, Seth.
1: Totally. And I, I think I've got a really good, clear, like practical modern day example of what this could look like. Kind of just going back to the sign up thing, just because it's something that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I've experienced people that they have this radical encounter with Jesus. They want to completely give their life to him and they, they want to be baptized. Like they're like, man, I'm so excited. Holy Spirit's telling me to get baptized right now. Mm-hmm. But then you look at them and say, wait a second, no, I, you can't be baptized. You've actually got to sign up for that. Um, and mm-hmm. we've got to have the pastor baptize you because he's the only one that can. Mm-hmm. And you've got to do it in front of the whole church on on Sunday. You know, like you stifle it.
0: Boom. It's yeah. no, nope, you can't do it. And for those who, that was a really difficult one for me as I began to unwind some of my traditions was the idea that the pastor baptizes. Yeah. It was really hard for me to understand. And the reason we're saying this because it's not in the Bible. If you find it in the Bible, let me know and I'll change my opinion. Like right. uh, the idea of the pastor being this lead man or woman would, depending on your tradition that does everything is not in the Bible either. Mm-mm. Like it's not. And what it really brings a lot of pastors depression mm-hmm. and heartbreak Absolutely, because they're, we're going to pay you to do what we're supposed to do. Right. Right. Instead of it being a gift of being able to care for the sheep and, and to, to care for people, it's turned into a, a, a job. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not saying necessarily it's bad to pay pastors or anything, but it is whenever we say we're going to do it while we just sit back and do nothing. And so when Jesus commanded us or commanded the disciples to go into all the world and, and to preach the kingdom, to baptize in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Yeah. They were supposed to teach their disciples to do the same thing. Right. Who was supposed to teach their disciples, which it should have rolled down to us to where, have you baptized anybody? Mm-hmm. And I think the a lot of church goers go, no, I, I can't. Yeah. I'm not supposed to. That's right. And I would say, okay, really? What does the word say? And has your tradition become a stumbling block to your obedience to Jesus? Exactly and I would right. say it has. I would say that if your tradition says that you're a church leader or a pastor has to baptize, then you are, they, and correct me if I'm wrong, go on Facebook and type messages to me. Like I would love to have these conversations, but I'll be bold enough. To, I think that you are being disobedient to Jesus because of the traditions and that you've had. And then because of that, like oftentimes it's just lenses that we've had on and we've gone, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. Right. It's not like a shame, like have a shame fest and get all down on yourself. It's a, oh wow. Is that an area of disobedience? Because I haven't been, I haven't been baptizing. Maybe I haven't been teaching people how to obey Jesus. Yeah. Have we not? And and I think
1: another one really closely related to that um, is the idea that you have to be ordained or you have to go to ministry school to actually begin to share the gospel with people. Or to actually begin to love people and talk about talk about Jesus with other people. And and that could be a tradition Mm -hmm. that you've been told that is holding you back that before you can preach or teach or share the gospel with somebody that you have to have some kind of uh, accoladed uh, school that you've completed and given a confirmation from so and so that you're allowed to do that now.
0: Um, Before you start a Bible study, it has to be ordained as this is a special group that's allowed to start the Bible study. Yeah. And and you have to have our covering to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I think a lot of the traditions come from initially, not all of them, but some of them come from good places. Right. But it's overstepping just like the Pharisees did overstepping that, you know, what God's doing. And I want to just lastly say, we still have a couple more minutes and Seth can share some more things. But in John chapter five, when they start asking Jesus about it, he says, my father is working my father's always at work Yeah, and he's what he's basically telling them is, listen, you're allowing your traditions. As I said earlier to stop you from participating in what God's doing. That's right. And so I'm going to submit to you all that are listening. God is at work mm-hmm. right now in your workplace. He's at work in your neighborhoods. He's at work um, at your schools. He's at work everywhere. He, there are places that he is at work and I, Our job is to listen to the Holy spirit as we've talked to and to join in what God is doing. Yeah. And God may be doing a great work in the church that you're at in the community Mm -hmm. that you're at. Maybe I'm not trying to get anyone to, to stop going to their church community or anything like that. I super believe in community, but is God at work there. Yeah. Are the people seeking God to be at work there? I'm I'm really scared to say this because I I don't I don't like this idea of breaking fellowship with people and stuff like that because we're all the body of Christ, but I I, I do want to say where is God working and can you join in? Yeah. How do you join in? And are your traditions Amen. that you are at or your church culture are they preventing you from doing that? Does your church culture teach you that the pastor and leaderships are the evangelized and you can't unless it's ordained by them as yeah. an event? You know. And if those are taking place like that. Then are those traditions stifling your obedience to Jesus?
1: Yeah. Uh, Something else I wanted to mention, just because this is so prevalent. If your only idea of serving God is like you know opening the door for people that walk into the church or holding a sign that says "Welcome to our church" or or, you know collecting the offering plate, if if that's as big as the standard for serving God that you have in your life, man, I just want to shatter that. There's so much more for you. Mm. There's so much more for you. And and God has so much more for you than, than just opening a door, if that's what you've limited yourself to, or if that's what anybody uh, in your culture has limited you to and said, this is the epitome of serving God.
0: Well, I think that that's one of the challenges in the church culture that we have is whether we realize it or not, we've created bottlenecked, like hierarchy. That's right. Yeah. And so like, I remember being a young man and going, I would like to be a, um, a worship leader at first when I, I'm glad I wasn't cause I'm not that great singer, but I recognized <laughs> at my church, there was already two people that were worship leaders. <laughs> and I thought, well, I can't do that. Wait a second. Hold up. If the church is operating like it should as a body, if a young person has a gift That church should be equipping them, whether they participate as a leader in that gathering, that community, or we bless them and help them find another one. But what we've done is we've created this thing where it's all about us and our community and getting bigger and bigger to where we end up with all these like bottlenecks where people are stifled. That's right. People are, you know, they have a gift to teach, but you know, they're a greeter, and greeters are awesome. It's great. Like it's, it's great. great. Like, yeah, thank it's a God for people that. Yeah. But, praise the Lord. But they may have a deep gift to teach the word, to lead a discovery Bible study, and it's getting stifled because there's already so many people that are doing it. And we only have a certain number of slots. Yeah. Let me tell you something. There are so many people out in this world that need to know Jesus, that need to look at His word and begin to obey it. That we can. That we cannot create. We got to break out of these bottlenecks that we That's have. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. 30 minutes. That's good. We're, we're done, you, you I guess. you going to pray us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we yeah. can go for another 30. Yep. Um, Please let us not. I really don't want this to sound like a negative thing. We are trying to bring freedom. Um, we're also, I just feel like I got to say this. We're not saying you have the freedom to go be isolated by yourself and to just go do your own thing that God tells you and to sit right. back and go, well, my church bottlenecks and my church does this and I don't want to participate. That is not God's heart. Right. We love the bride of Christ. We love the church because Jesus loves the church. Mm-hmm. We don't bash it. We can have critical statements that produce something constructive. Yes, But I if, if anyone gets out of this getting all bitter at your church and angry at your church and stuff like that, send us a message. Let's yeah. talk through yeah. some of these things. Send us a message. Uh, email us at thebreadglobal at gmail.com. Yeah. Send Seth Randall, John McPeters, Facebook, Instagram messages or whatever so that we can kind of talk through and yeah. coach and let it be constructive and helpful and edify the body That's right. rather than destroy and then you take people down with you because now you're yeah. all a bunch of bitter people angry about things.
1: Yeah, I, I think the one reaction you can have to this is to get bitter and angry and say, well, forget all this. The other reaction you can have to this is, is to go and prayer with the Lord mm-hmm. um, and to seek him and to ask him, you know, there, maybe there's been a disruption in your life. There's been some confrontation with some stuff that you've been doing or held and, and not to let that sit there, but to process it with Jesus and to come out on their side knowing, okay, here's my action step where I can start creating and changing and shifting a culture mm-hmm. and bringing people also to this realization so that these traditions don't hinder us anymore as a body. Yep. Um, and in a loving way, he will teach you and show you how to do that. So that's the reaction that we're hoping this this provokes in you. Yep. Edification, not destruction. Right. Yeah. Well, Lord, we, we bless your holy name. Yes, um, thank you for breaking us out of the boxes that hold us back. We want to be completely free uh, and without any ties, any ties that are tying us down, mm. that are preventing us from pursuing you, from following you, from obeying you in the fullest degree. God, break those down and let our churches thrive and multiply yes, and grow. And just like the early church, add to the number of them that were being saved uh,
0: and bring hope to a dark world and equip us to do this. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you have been listening to our podcast or even the first time, we would love for you to rate it on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Amazon music, whatever you're listening to us on. We would love a rating there. We'd also love for you to share it with folks, um, so that this can kind of grow organically. If this is helpful and you think it would help other folks, I do have a, a thought. Um, if you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about, not saying that we'll do it right away or whatever, it's message us send a message on facebook instagram like i said or you can email us at the bread gmail at gmail.com something that you'd like for us to talk about um in the meantime i guess that that's it that's episode number 10 of the bread and wine podcast traditions that Enter.